Welcome to Keep It For The Pod, a podcast where three people you don't know talk about things you may or you may not care about. Welcome back to Keep It For The Pod. You're here today with the amazing Ray and my lovely co-host. This is Maddie. And this is Alistair. And once we're once again, we're here with our lovely guest. Shady. Okay, that, that was a little lame, but okay. <laughs> I tried oh, to spice it up. <laughs> we don't need to spice things up. We're pretty awesome. But what are we talking about today, you're probably wondering, before they go on a weird rant. Today we're talking about Dungeon & Dragons Honor Among Thieves, the amazing Chris Prines. And Shady here is going to be our expert on D&D. Well, more than any of us, because none of us have had played D&D, so let's yeah. get into it. Okay, so I haven't played D&D proper, but I have played video games like Neverwinter, and I'm recently... Uh, into Baldur's Gate. So like I kind of have a mild understanding of the world. So, but that's about as far as it goes. I've never like actually sat down and like, played like a board game of D&D, but I really want to. You should. It's a very fun game. I highly recommend it. I've played a few campaigns, about four or five. So not like really an expert, but I do have some experience with the world of D&D. Um, it's very different from video games just because of the whole like dice rolling, but it's fun. You get to make your own adventure as you go. You know. My dad, who I also asked to join us, who did not join us, is a huge player of like D and D, and has been playing it for a long time. I don't think he actually plays that anymore, but he does play like other, um, I think RB is it RPGs or, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he's didn't say, but he did give me some awesome notes. So we're gonna talk about that a little bit later. But what I want to ask first. This is going to be off topic, but I just want to say, who's everybody's favorite Chris? Because mine is Chris Pine. So I was very happy to watch this movie with him in it. Well, first, I was going to say um, shout out to Ray's dad, um, because he's the reason we actually have Shady on the pod today. He made it very clear that if we were going to do Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves, we should have people that actually know about D&D <laughs> on the episode. So we made sure to get some representation. Unfortunately, we didn't know a ton of people that wanted to be on that also really knew a lot about D&D. Um, but I would say also Chris Pine. Ever since he was in Princess Diaries 2 um, as Mia Thermopolis' love interest and he had that like snarky, sarcastic thing going, um, I've always been a very, very big fan. He's my second favorite, uh, Chris, Pine, Chris Pine. But you know the, uh, that first place belongs to the one and only Chris Evans. He is a god amongst men. Um, and he graces us with his presence every time he decides to get on a screen and act his ass off. He is not a god amongst men. That is the most ridiculous thing that I've ever heard. Besides Chris Evans, you seem like a real cool dude, but you are not a god among men. First of all, like, not bad looking, but like Chris Hemsworth, if we're talking god amongst men, that's that dude. Like, damn. No, no. like he he's he's really in shape. I'm not going to take that from him. But Chris Evans is like, he's he's like a deity. Like Chris, Chris Hemsworth is okay, but Chris Evans is like a god. And okay, well, I won't say any. I don't think any actor's a deity. I don't go that far. But I will say, Chris Evans. I think I like him better when he's not Captain America because I feel like the ca- the character of Captain America is a little bland. So I feel like you get to see him better as an actor when he's like in other things, like when he was in like Knives Out. I like yeah that better. Sure. But um, I still think Chris Pine is the way to go. But we haven't let Shady answer. Chris Hemsworth is clearly the only answer there. Um, I'm sorry to disappoint everyone who was wrong. 
but Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> Chris Hemsworth would make me feel bad, like, if we went out for dinner. Like, he would order, like, this, like, delicious meal that was, like, healthy, and he would have just come from, like, a workout or something, where I would be like, I need, like, a pint of beer. Let's get some steaks. Let's get some potatoes. Let's get something fried. And he'd be like, you're going to die. And I'd be like, yes. No. But what's your point? I honestly feel like he would be okay with that. He'd probably just guilt you for not, like, working it off the next day. Because, like, he has to eat a lot to be that big. Like, he has to, like, pack pack some meat. Also, I mean, I know that's his lifestyle, so you might feel guilty because you just know he's not going to be eating the way you're eating. But, like, I don't I don't get the impression that he would just be, like, judging you in real life. Like, why would he care? I mean, he probably wouldn't be judging, but I'd be judging myself. And I'd be like, oh, this is uncomfortable. Not cool. Where, like, Chris Pine, I feel like, would not judge. Like, he, none of them are going to judge, but I feel like I'd be more relaxed with a Chris Pine. I also feel like he'd be really good at, like, planning, like, dates and, like, just events in general. He just seems very, like, calm and chill, but, like, a slight mystery to him. That's how I feel about Chris Evans. Like, I feel like Chris Evans is a very calm guy, a very down-to-earth, like, very East Coast kind of dude. Um, would take you out, you know, be really, like, very gentlemanly. And then, but at home, he's, like, a complete goofball. And and a bit of a freak, which we all would like. I went to school with a girl who said that her brother was like best friends with Chris Evans growing up. I don't know if that was true, but she did say he was a very down to earth guy. And they were from the East Coast. But I would say, I don't know. I think all of them would probably be pretty nice. And I don't know honestly enough about Chris Pine, like as a real like person. I just know like the characters he plays. And I like the like the, a lot of the characters he plays have that like like that charisma that like I don't know how to describe it but that like he plays it as like the bard in this movie but like that like kind of charming kind of like sarcastic kind of witty thing about him and so I think that that works for me. Maddie's right. Let's get back to the movie. Sorry for us <laughs> all going off topic there for a moment. Um, that was my fault but I just had to talk about the Chris's. I also want to put a shout out to Chris Rock. I feel like you get underappreciated. Oh, Chris Rock has been like vindicated. If you guys have seen the stuff about Jada and Will lately, oh my gods, the tea. I have not, but I think we'll have that. Co- well, you want you look like you want to talk there. <laughs> so I unwillingly learned about this that you know Jada and Will have apparently been separated for like seven years, six or seven years. Yeah, yeah, that that face is appropriate to uh, learning this info. I know you listeners can't see, but uh, Ray was quite shocked to find out that they've been separated that long and the embarrassing behavior that has occurred since then. Wild. Yeah, apparently they're not divorced, but they've been separated and people are kind of, I mean, I don't know enough about the situation to judge, but the speculation on the internet, people are saying that she's revealing this now is just like a cash grab for her book. Um, But because, and then they also supposedly said that Chris Rock had asked her out before this all happened like or i don't know how true that is but had said something like that and so was saying that like that was part of the reason why maybe the punch happened i don't know no i I don't believe that i think that's more publicity for like to like more drama to drum up her book her book sales um i don't see him asking her out like him and will have been friends for like the longest time i really don't see him being the type of person to go behind will's back and like hey like i heard y'all are divorced like you can i take you on a date because like even if they are secretly divorced and no one knows, why would he want to ask her out on a date where they may be caught in public? That just doesn't make sense to me. So I'm like, girl, don't lie on him. Damn. I did not know all this. And like, I heard like maybe a little bit of it, but like, wow, that was a real reaction podcast listeners. (laughs) Back to the movie. Okay. I got to say this opening, I loved it. Like, I love how you're just like, okay, why are they waiting for Jonathan for so long? Like, what is this Jonathan going to do? And then the best thing is that they were going to get out 
And they tackled Jonathan for no reason. And that was amazing. Like, I know that's not the opening opening. It's the person that walks in there. And is it Helga? Hel- yes. Okay. Helga um, was just like, no dice. And you're like, yeah, Rosia, when you put her in this movie. Yeah. I was going to say Rosario Dawson, but Michelle Rodriguez. I don't know why I said that. They're clearly two different people. I think I have Rosario Dawson on my mind because I'm planning to watch uh, the new Star Wars show. So oh, God, don't. Oh, I know. I, I don't know anything about the Star Wars show, so I'm just ignoring that part. But I wanted to say that I also love the the scene. I love that, like, as he's telling the story, like, even in the story, he just keeps bringing Jonathan up again and being like, you know, I really feel like you connect to this. And you're just like, what does this guy know about Jonathan? And then it's really just so that they could break out. I also love that they bring it back at the end with um, Hugh Grant's character with Forge. that like, he tries and then they've, like, built the wall. Um, I thought that was really, really... Um, really well done and i think it really sets the scene like you really learn about like chris pine's character like ed edwin edwin and also about you know holga a little bit and like also like through that like telling they kind of recap it without feeling like an unnecessary recap which i thought was really cool also i really love the scene when ray talked about the original opening scene i just love that when the guy tries to like basically just assault holga but like when he's doing that and like you know chris pine's character like edwin just sitting there like dude i wouldn't mess with her like it's potato like it's the best part of her meal and he doesn't try to like protect her because he knows she doesn't need protecting and i love that i just love that he's like all right like it's your funeral like i'm just gonna keep you know sewing and i like that it was like they kind of got rid of some of like the gender role thing where like he has to be the tough one and it's definitely michelle rodriguez oh 100 i also love that like they don't like force a romantic connection between the two of them. I find that very refreshing. And it's like, there's maybe a little bit of romance later between Simon and um, the, dru- the druid that I can't quite think of her name at the moment, but it's not the main, it's not the main focus. And it's kind of refreshing to see that. And like I said, I really like that they have like kind of this like brother sister dynamic and she's still like helping him like, you know, raise his daughter. So that was a nice refreshing thing for a movie. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. And I feel like Shady could probably speak to this more. But like, I feel like um, because it is based on D&D, like, like romance and relationships aren't really, you know, um, that intertwined with like the storytelling aspect of it. And when you have a party or a group, you are just like a ragtag team of like, you know, people with, you know, different skills that come together. And like, it's um, it's more about, you know, getting to the end goal and less about, you know, romance and finding the love of your life and that's not really a part of the medium yeah that's a very fair assessment um i also do like the opening scene because it kind of speaks to how campaigns tend to go so you have the dungeon master who is like guiding the story effectively so i love the part like they were going to get pardoned anyway because usually what you deal with with players is you already have a way that you kind of assume they'll get out of the situation or rationally they would but then immediately they go off the rails in some other weird way that you didn't expect. So that's a pretty common trope in the game. And it's pretty funny to see like they were going to get pardoned, but instead they threw Jonathan out of a window. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my favorite part of that entire scene and my favorite part in the entire movie is uh, when Edgen like or Egan like enacts his plan. And Holga gets up and throws a potato, and that lady off screen just goes, "She's throwing potato!" Like, what the fuck? It was so random. And then, like, as they're like taking him out the window, like the black lady is just like kind of like standing, like sitting still, and like her face is kind of like like stone, but like she's emoting, and she goes, "Oh, Jonathan!" And just like <laughs> so silly and random. And I was like, 
because like having no idea about what, what was happening in this movie i mean what, what was going to happen in the movie it just like from that moment i was like okay i'm in 110 percent. that was the craziest thing i've seen in a movie in a very long time and like, I, I know i'm in for a ride it was just so funny and random now another thing that apparently my dad pointed out is that if you notice there's like I don't know if there's no metal, he said, or like there's very little metal is because there are like these metal things that like these metal monster things that like eat metal in like Dungeons and Dragons. And I was like, what? Did not notice. So like, wait, are they like, is it like part of the lore? Like the tower, I guess. Oh. So in, oh, I'm forgetting, uh, Neverwinter, um, you will see in one of the rooftop scenes, you will see a couple of those small monsters eating like what looks like a metal trinket or dish. Um, There's scrambling over it, fighting for it as our heroes are walking through the streets i think on their way to meet with forge um so that'll be one of the few moments that you'll actually see that involved oh, okay that's interesting well, i think they did a very good job of blending it where like you know as i was watching it with shady he was like oh that makes sense because of like dungeons and dragons and it sounds like ray's dad did the same thing but if you don't know anything about dungeons and dragons you can still enjoy the film like yeah. it's just it just brings you into another world and you can just kind of get into it also when you said that um alistair about the, the she throws that potato and the lady says that and i feel like it's also a good callback because she throws a potato at forge to get the ship <laughs> and I'm just like, Hoga's just like really good with a potato. <laughs> Speaking of moments like that, when um they talk about, when Helga talks about like, oh, she can te- turn into a deer. And he's like, why would she turn into a deer? That makes no sense. And then she turns into a deer and he's just like, this is ridiculous. He's like, no. He's like, that made no sense. He's like, fine, you were right. Also, kind of, well, I know we'll talk about this later, but I guess in the tournament, I do want to put this reference out there as well. Apparently, there was a Dungeons and Dragons like TV show or something like for kids or something or with kids in the 1980s. And I guess in like the May something, my dad pointed out that some of the characters looked like the kids from the 1980s show. And I was like, wow, dad, I did not catch that. I'm glad that you're really enjoying this experience and that you could tell us this. I do. I do. I'm, I'm just joking. I love my dad and he, but. He got a lot more references than I did. And I agree with Maddie that, like, I think everybody can enjoy the movie. It doesn't just have to be, like, people with deep D&D references. Yeah, 100%. I definitely feel like the core of this story is really about um, a father and his daughter. And, like, that's, like, the core of this story. And, like, all the elements around it are just there to um, enhance that storytelling. And I feel like that's been missing a lot in a lot of movies and TV shows lately where like there's just like a clear foundation and like there's not like some you know like some weird message that like the the writer or the producers are trying to like give to you like the story is just like something everyone can relate to which is like a love like the love that you have for like a friend or a daughter or a son mother father stuff like that and so like it it just really comes through and that's why I think everyone can like enjoy it whether you whether or not you have D&D references like in your head or not. No, I could see that. And I think that kind of points also a little bit to the fact that like, I really liked that. I know what Ray mentioned earlier that like Holga and um, Edgen are like raising Kira together. But like, Mm -hmm. I think it really makes the ending where they bring her back over his own wife. Kind of what you said, it's like all about the love for his daughter because he makes that comment of like when he thinks he's talking to his daughter, but he's really talking to Serafina that like his daughter or like that he was trying to bring back his daughter's mother, but really he was trying to bring back his wife. 
Mm-hmm. Like you realize it was more about him. And so in the end, I mean, not that he doesn't love Holga because he really does. But at the end, he chooses to bring back the mother that Kira knows instead of his wife. And I thought that was cool. I mean, the story also does have that whole good and evil versus each other thing, too. That's a whole nother like, oh, we got to fight evil at all costs. So it does have that hitting little, not really hidden message, but, you know, that typical storyline. But I don't know. It's a fun movie. Like, there's nothing like... It's, it's it's fun. Like you're watching, and like these are pretty cool fight scenes. Like there's comedy. There's not too bad looking people in it. It's a fun movie. Yeah, like it definitely felt like a movie that um, I feel like I would want to I would want to go see in theaters. And I kind of I'm kind of sad that I didn't go see it because I was kind of biased. I'm like, oh, like not them trying to do fantasy again. Like I haven't seen a really good fantasy movie in a long time. They never work out. I'm not gonna go waste my money um and go see this in theaters and i i feel like i really missed out having the theater experience with this movie because it's it's just a it's a good popcorn movie it really was it was a really good movie to see in theaters um i think most important to that was that it was made as a good movie first and then a DD movie second or at least that's how i felt watching it was that you do have the references and like some of the, even some of the arbitrary in-game mechanics are there and they acknowledge it, which is funny. But the main point is like it was like a good movie first, and then they added the elements of like fantasy or D anD. d I also feel like everybody does like a good job acting in this movie. Like, no, in this movie, I'm like, oh, why did they hire this person? Like, why are you here? And I kind of love Hugh Grant playing that's like this character of like this like you know con man, older man. Because like I was also ta- I was actually talking to my sister about this uh, a little bit ago, and she's like, I remember when Hugh Grant played like the leading handsome man, like a guy, and now he's playing an Oompa Loompa and Waka. She was <laughs> she was so mad, but I'm like, I'm kind of here. Maybe not for the Waka. I got to see that first, even though my man Timothy's in it. Yeah. Do not ugh that. We have like the same. Ha- we don't have the same haircut right now, but I looked great in that haircut as well. His gray hair and. I'm going to give this mic to you in a second. Don't worry. Anyways, we were talking. I was talking about Hugh Grant and I love him kind of like no longer playing that leading man. I think he does a great job as like kind of that older kind of like con man. Also, I liked his role kind of in the movie The Gentleman as well, where he also played kind of like a jerk. I don't know if many people have seen that movie. I liked it. It's a Guy Ritchie film. He plays this like sleazy reporter dude. It's not a bad movie. Matthew McConaughey's in it. Never heard of it. It's not a bad. You know what? That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> um, since this is not an episode about the gentleman, I'm just going to move on. I also think that it. I, I agree. I think that the cast has really good chemistry together. I think all of the characters. I think like the main relationship you see the most obviously is like Edgin and Holga, which like even like when like you know she's beating all of the guards and he's just like trying to get himself out of the handcuffs. And I think that's really like refreshing to see because I feel like so many times like the protagonist of a movie like knows everything and they can get out of everything. And it's mm-hmm. funny to see him like just be a normal person who like can't get out of anything. I also really think that like Simon is like a really good character. It's kind of cool to see him grow in the movie and like what he kind of needs to do. Um and um the druid dork and seeing like her character and like I thought the effects were really cool like seeing how often she changes into things and like that was cool and the deer part was really funny that you know she was like kept convinced that she was gonna have to do that and then and then she did but and the owl bear was really cool yeah that was really cool and like I've because I've played Neverwinter I got that reference I was like oh it's a, it's an owl bear I've I've fought that thing a bunch of times it's really hard to kill so that was that was a good little Easter egg for me I like that. I think uh, just to piggyback off of that, I do think the castings were like perfect for basically each role. I mean, you know, you have Simon, the squishy wizard, 
um, well, Sorcerer, very important distinction between the two. Um, Michelle Rodriguez, you know, as Holga the Barbarian, um, kind of like almost feels like a callback to her role in Aliens, like basically almost that same character. Strong, kind of flat one-liners, but it's perfect for this because that character, like that's the hallmark of a Barbarian. Um, Chris Pine makes a very good bard. Um, much very well played and acted out because bards do have a reputation of you know when they're singing and like when they're like kind of talking the group up they're actually spell casting but it comes off as like a natural thing instead of it seeming like a spell and throughout the movie it just it's almost like it's effortless you know he's he's talking the group up he's serving as a natural leader but in a really good way so the castings are really really good i mean dork the the druid um just kind of fits that whole tiefling vibe that little like small elfish vibe Mm -hmm. that oh yeah that just makes sense that she's a druid and then the contrast with her is an owlbear like the opposite ends of the um, spectrum there uh really good casting all around loved it quick question shady for in terms of like roles like damage um controller healer um what role does the bard play because i always thought the bard was like a healing class is it not a healing class a healing class in D? um in D, bards are kind of a versatile class between healing and control um okay you kind of have like a a wider range of abilities there as a support class really so you're not necessarily gonna be the one tanking or dealing the most damage although bards do have a really funny uh, ability to cause the actual damage in game with words um, which is kind of funny when you think about it. But overall, it's it's a mix between control and healing for the most part. You kind of inspire the group with good morale to heal. And then you can also use that control, like almost like when he says we need a distraction. Okay, got it. Because like, I feel like the one thing, one of the only thing that, that took me out of the movie and like the only negative thing I have to say um, about it is his role. So like we had the druid, we had the sorcerer, we had the, the warrior class. But I felt like he never really gave like a rising speech or like a rousing speech. It like really, like really inspired everyone. Um, and I feel like um, a few times in the movie, they kind of like they're kind of like tongue in cheek with it, where they're like, "Well, you know, like I do this and they do that. What do you actually bring?" And he's like, "Well, I come up with the plans, and then if that plan fails, I'm the backup plan guy." So like, I I kind of got the joke, but at the same time, I was like, "No, what do you actually like bring?" Like, because like he's not the strongest person. Um, they don't show him being that clever. So I'm just like, "What actually are you doing?" I, I don't think that's necessarily true. I feel like he's he's the glue that brings them together. It's his daughter. It's his quest. It's his love of his wife. Like, the rest of them without him are kind of like just these rando strangers who have nothing in common. So he brings them together. Also, a little reference that was pointed out to me by my padre was that the reason they keep um, handing things to Simon throughout is apparently, like, on his, like, belt or something, he has this thing that can store, like, 500 pounds worth of stuff. It's, like, another dimension, which I was like, that's pretty cool. But, yes, I think Chris Pine's character is very important, and he does inspire them a little bit. Like, when Helga's sad, for example, after she sees her, like, I don't know if it's her husband or just her lover or what the deal is, he just starts singing. He doesn't, like, bring it up and, like, you know, be like, let's have this deep conversation. He's just there for her as a friend. When he's encouraging Simon, like, I know you can do this. He's there for him as a friend. And he doesn't like, he doesn't get in your face about it. We don't always need a leader that needs to be in your face. A good leader lets you get there on your own, but encourage you, encourages you as you go. I guess so. I get that. But like, I feel like every time he was trying to encourage someone, it was always for his betterment to like, to like get his mission done. Like it was never because like he, 
for, at least for me, it never felt like he like 100% cared if this person actually believed in themselves. He just, he just needed them to believe in themselves to meet the objective. Oh, and, definitely. And like, I mean, he- that, that's kind of what I got from it. Sorry, go ahead, Maddie. No, yeah, no, I mean, you're right. He definitely, he needs Simon to believe in himself because that's plan A and plan C. It's all he's got. <laughs> um, but like also, he really believes he can do it. Like, and because he believes he can do it and like basically just acts like he's going to be able to do it, he eventually is able to do it. And I feel like that is like, I feel like, at least from what I'm getting out of this, like the Bard's character doesn't necessarily need to not be self-serving to do what he's supposed to do. Like, he brings the group together, he helps them, he helps Holgo, like, get back the family she wants, even though it's not, like, with her, like, lover, like, he's she's got him and he's got her daughter back, the, the daughter. She helps the, you know, um, dork, like, like now the emerald, like, the elves, the woodland elves get their, you know, land back. He helps, you know, like, Simon get, you know, his ability to, like, be a, you know, a better sorcerer and, like, not just have to, like, con, like, small, like, you know, do small cons. So, like, he ends up helping everyone. But, yeah, I mean, it's, like, his main goal is to be that. But I do also feel like he doesn't ever present like he's anything else. Like, the rousing speech I feel like he gives is actually just how much he sucks, how much he's failed more than any of them have. But, like, they decide to stand by him anyway. Yeah. That's Never true. said he was a selfless character. That's true. I, I don't know. It's just for me, like, when I whenever I'm, like, watching fantasy movies and, like, we have, like, the traditional classes of what people do, I'm always, personally, I'm always looking for, like, what does each person bring? And not to say that, like, um, Egan didn't bring anything. It's just, like, in comparison to the group, I'm just like, okay, like, you're kind of, like, not pulling your weight here as much as everyone else. And so, like, stuff like that just, like, personally annoys me. So I'm just like, you could have been doing just a little bit more or being, or, like, at least been a little bit more understanding uh, of other people's failures and not being so like, Oh no, I know you can do it. You can, you got this. I'm like, get out of my face. I, I don't have it. I just told you I can't do it right now. Like back up. That's just kind of how I felt about him overall. So Alistair, I think the leader you're thinking more of would be more like Jank, like a paladin or like maybe a, a fighter or warrior. Um, depending on the addition of D and D, you know, you'll have those classes. That's more your stereotypical leader. Who's going to be like giving that rousing, speech you know right before the big battle before the big bad that kind of thing whereas like i feel like the movie kind of took a risk with having a bard more as a leader rather than having that traditional leader mm-hmm. and having the the stereotypical leader kind of just as a random npc that they meet in the during the course of their adventure um but it was a good game i i think it was successful in that stereotypically the groups who are playing D, you're not necessarily going to have a player who naturally has that kind of charisma you're going to have more of a group of people who maybe don't believe in themselves necessarily aren't the most confident but when they're playing they have those characters that embody the best of themselves and i think it was kind of a good way to kind of pull like the audience i think this movie would be more for as a DD movie mm. while also preserving the elements of just being a good movie overall you know that's a really good point that's a really good point and and yeah like i think the fighter is actually what i'm thinking of because like in games like Neverwinter and like um, Dragon Age Inquisition, if you ever played that, the fighter character has like abilities where they do like shouts and stuff. And like that raises like the attack speed or the attack power of the rest of the classes. And like they're, they're, they're really like the actual glue of the team because like without them, everyone else is like super squishy and they're going to be dead in like three minutes. So that's what I think of when I think of like um, the lead character, especially like this type of fantasy a fantasy move but th- that's a good point he's not the traditional fighter role and I-, I can accept that which yeah that is a good point that you bring up like games like dragon age inquisition um phenomenal game highly recommend playing it if highly you ever get the chance um but in those games you do have the more like um traditionally 
defined roles. I do think in the course of the movie, and I think it's part of the good chemistry you see with the cast, their roles kind of do overlap a little bit. Like Chris Pine as a bard, he kind of plays like kind of that that stereotypical rogue too, where like he's self, he is self-serving. He is getting involved in like skullduggery for his own self benefit. And to speak to the character growth that they, ex- that he in particular experiences throughout the movie, that first act of theft, like at the very beginning, really sets off the entire arc for him to improve on. Like that one act made him lose so much, you know, whereas normally that wouldn't be such a big deal. So it was kind of cool to see a moment like that. And then as well with like, you have Holga, you know, the barbarian who normally they would have like a very low intelligence stat. So like, True. They wouldn't be the smartest character in the group, but she also helps come up with parts of the final plan when they have to adjust on the fly to try and rescue Kira. Like she has like that spark of wisdom. So is it's almost like um, just his presence as a bard has that like shout effect where it's it's giving that additional improvement to their stats. And it, it I know I keep harping on it, but it almost like goes back to bards like their words, their silver tongue being just like natural spell casting. Mm. I feel like they kind of make an obvious joke to that when Simon, uh, Holga and um, Edgun are trying to get into the, like the vault and Simon's projecting the bard singing and then it like gets distorted, but they're like trying to use him as the distraction, which is kind of cool. Also, Shady kind of mentioned the other, like the supporting character of the, uh, of Zank, the uh, Reggie, I can't think of his, the actor's name, but, um, but he was in Bridgerton and I thought this was a really cool character for him to play. I thought it was really cool to see that like kind of, what Shady told me when we were watching the movie, like the over, how did you put it? Uh, he's like the overpowered paladin, you know, like yeah. just the totally broken class. Yeah, like he just can do everything. And I thought it was really cool that he could do everything but talk, which is the only <laughs> thing the bard really has. Like he had everything but what Chris Pine actually has. Like the, like the point when he's talking to Simon and Simon like says like, oh, that would be lovely. And he's like, no, it's not. Lovely. And he's like, I was being ironic. And he makes a comment like irony. I find irony is like the sword that wields the person that like like cuts the person that wields it the most or something like that and they're just like you're not good at this like, <laughs> that's true. also he was handsome as well i just want to point that out there as well he was what he was handsome who the pal is it jank or zank yeah you didn't oh, think yeah, he, he was handsome he was hot he yeah. was he was he was definitely giving me level 100 hanging out with a bunch of like level 15s like just like helping them like like speed through the the, the dungeons i'm just like this guy is so overpowered hundred percent. And I think I love that. I also love where he's just talking about, yep, he's going to continue walking in that straight line. Like, <laughs> nope, he's going to go over that rock. Okay. I just want to say his name is Reggie Jean Page. I found oh, I looked it up. Okay. Um, but no, I agree. I thought it was, but I thought it was hilarious. And I like at the end when they like, they all want him to stay because they're like, you're good at everything. You're so much better at us. And then he like says something and then Chris Ryan's like, oh yeah, you're really bad at talking. And he says, I was like, all right, just go. <laughs> I also love that he finds Hugh Grant. You're just like, well, you know what's going to happen now. <laughs> okay, so like to shift a little bit, what was everyone's favorite character like in the in the entire movie? Like who's like your favorite character? All right, so uh, Maddie will laugh at this, but Holga, hands down, absolutely. There was just no other chance for any other character, unfortunately. Although I did like Jank very much as a second because um, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but you said like the level 100 rolling around with level ones. I've played a lot of World of Warcraft and especially like 
once I finally had a max level character, I used to do that all the time where I would go to low level zones and just randomly help out like some random player. Just like if they were doing quests, I'd start killing all the monsters that they needed so that they could finish the quest. And then mm-hmm. I would just leave. And just leave them in shambles. They'd be so mad. And like you're probably and you were probably getting a bunch of like tells or messages like, hey dude, like you wanna party up? I'm like, nah. This is just, <laughs> this is just a one time thing. I'm gonna walk off into the sun. <laughs> So it's really funny to me that like it almost feels like maybe it is a callback to that, like that kind of behavior in games, because I know other players would do that where like you're you're struggling, you're you're fighting for your life in this game. And some random dude just shows up, kills everything you need for you and then just takes off. (laughs) Just like, hey, like I have like 30 more levels if you want to stick around. Also, I just was looking up because I wanted to see if his name was Jank or Zank, but it's with an X, so I'm not actually sure how you say it. But when I looked it up, I saw that apparently the scene that Ray loved with the boulder, Reggie Jean Page improvised that. Like, he just actually had him go over the boulder, and then they comment on it. That's hilarious. So I just thought that was a cool I love stuff like that. I was going to say, that makes me love that actor even more. <laughs> um, so I don't know if this will be a surprise, but my favorite character was Chris Pine's character. I feel like we're probably not surprised by this. I like kind of the troubled, but like charismatic kind of rogue hero who's kind of an anti-hero. That, that's my vibe. Mm-hmm. I don't want him to be too straight-laced like Captain America, who's not the best. I want Girl. him to be more like a, like a god of mischief type figure. Ugh. I mean, I would say that mine would be the same. I'm all about banter, and he's got good banter. Um, so I do have to say that. But in the interest of like giving another another side, I would say I also really loved. Um, I thought like just like seeing in the movie, like have a character in the movie that having Dork in the movie was really cool. Like I felt like they just really shined in their effects and being able to like change her. And I thought she was a really cool um, character. That she was so small, but she was was so strong. And I thought it was cool. I felt like the two strongest people in the movie, like were actually the two women in the team. So I thought that was cool to see. And I also just found Simon very endearing. So it would be a tie probably between the two of them if I had to go to a second one because um, Ray stole mine. Yeah, I, for me, it's definitely Holga. Um, she was the best part of this movie. I loved everything about her. Like you, like, like you said earlier, Shada, they, they kind of like took the barbarian class and like, you know, gave her a little bit more depth. She wasn't as, you know, um, you know, stupid as they make that class she was like really smart had really deep emotions had her own you know separate thing going on that she was working through um i think she had besides edgen she had the most um story behind her character um i feel like everyone else in the party you know weren't they weren't as deep as those two so like i just really enjoyed her um her banter was great i loved watching her fight um michelle rodriguez is really good at physical um like like the physicality of these types of roles i've never seen the Fast and Furious movies, I've only, but I've seen clips and like whenever she's kicking ass, she's kicking ass. So like I, I, I just loved watching her and like her punches and her kicks had weight. And like I never once not didn't believe that she could take on whoever she was taking on. Like I, I, I believe she could kick a guy's ass. And I was like, she was just dope all around. Yeah, that's definitely why you get uh, Michelle Rodriguez in a movie. That's that's what I associate associate her with as well. I just want to say that this is another movie about family. Oh God. <laughs> that was that was actually pretty good. I also will say that I like I thought her character was definitely intimidating and I haven't seen the Fast and the Furious either. And I feel like she's definitely like a very badass character. But I also thought that her and Chris Pine, like we've said, just played off each other really well. And they were really funny together. And I felt like even in the scenes where she wasn't kicking ass, she was still doing like just shining kind of on the screen, which was really cool. Also, 
kind of thought it was really surprised the first time I saw that Bradley Cooper's in it for like such a small part that they haven't played her like lover husband Mar- Marmalin. Um, I thought that was really cool to see that it was just like he's kind of a big actor for like a very small part. And I thought that was kind of surprising and kind of fun. I love when movies do stuff like that, kind of like when Matt Damon was in um, um, Ragnarok. And I was like, I like I love when like big time actors just like do these little like throw like, you know, small roles just because they can and they want to and they just like want to be a part of something. I, I just love seeing that. It's always it's always a good time. Will Farrow in Wedding Crashers. That's got to be one of my favorite cameos. Yeah, that was actually pretty great because he's actually like a pretty influential part of the movie, like because his character is like a big part of it. But no, I think it's really cool when people can do that. And I loved I, I wasn't expecting it in this movie. Like like Reggie Jean Page, I had heard he was going to be in it. And like his character like is a smaller part, but it made a lot more sense to me. Bradley Cooper just really came out of left field for me because he's in like one scene. Yeah. Um, and, and he has a type. I thought that was cool. And I felt like they kind of like really like inverse the whole thing. Like she's a um you know she's a you know a barbarian like a pretty big intimidating woman and and she loves dwarves like that's her <laughs> that's her type and that was kind of cool to see like a little you know difference and you know he loved like like barbarians and giants and it was like kind of cool to see that like you know the stereotypes weren't always true in this movie i mean but like when, i'm not gonna lie when i saw that my first thought was how does how does this work sexually like there's like i don't even want to like it it reminded me of the first episode of boys season what four that that episode, if you know what I'm talking about, I'm just like, is this what happens with you two? Because he's so tiny. <laughs> oh my god, JD's laughing right now because I we were rewatching the movie and I made the same comment. I was like, how does this work? <laughs> I was like, no judgment. I'm just like not sure, but it was really so. It's like he was just laughing when you said it. I'm not about the boys. I don't really actually remember the scene you're talking about. Well, I remember that scene, and uh-huh. I really hope it's not that same situation because, uh-huh. oh, man. It I mean, the boys has its moments, but, like, that moment, you're just like. It has to be because, like, it's oh. the same thing. Oh, I, I don't think it's quite the same thing, man. Yeah, like, that true. just goes there, and they're like, oh, yeah. Geez. Okay, so, like, while we're still on the same topic of, like, uh, favorite character, um, the reverse, who is your least favorite? Or, like, the person you just, like, kind of, like, forgot about? I honestly don't think I really had one, which I feel like is kind of unusual. Um, I mean, probably the character maybe that I didn't like was the most fun was probably maybe Simon. But like, I even still really liked him. I mean, I just think it's overall kind of a fun movie, even like Hugh Grant's character. Like, he's not a good guy, but he's fun. And even Mm -hmm. like the Red Witch Lady, like, I love the kind of small little moments where he's like, oh, can you cool this tea tea down? And she puts her whole finger and he's just like, well, I'm not going to drink that now. And I love that saying. I'm like, yeah, I 100 percent agree. That was disgusting. It was gross. That it's like not even that he's not going to drink it. It's like I'll I'll save this for later because he like doesn't want to. He like is scared of her, so it's like a very <laughs> different. Um, but I mean, I guess if I had to pick one, I agree with like Ray. I think that there was a lot of really good characters in the movie. Um, I guess it would probably be the Red Witch Lady. I just feel like her character was a little like it was it was fun, but a little one dimensional. Except for Hating Forge, like you don't really get like why she's doing this. What brought her to like be a disciple of? I can't think of the name of the. Is it is this Tim? Yes, Tam. And so, like, I felt like she wasn't, but, like, I don't, I also didn't feel like that mattered that much. Like, I didn't really need her to be more of a dimensional character, but, like, I felt like if you're, the dimensional villain was really, like, forged. Yeah, it's really hard to pick a least um, favorite character. I guess there wasn't really one I disliked, necessarily. There were just ones that, you know, unfortunately, Holga stole the show, so, you know, I'm sorry for all the other characters. Um, but I, I do think that speaks to like the testament of each character I felt was pretty well 
like rounded out for as much as was allowed or intended. So like, you know, Zank, we don't see every single bit of his motivation because he is that NPC that's going to come in and drop out. Um, Sophina, the Red Witch, we see like some of her, she still has a personality. Like she's like that undead wizard, but she still has a personality. I like that. Like uh, Maddie said, with those moments where you see like she hates being around Forge so much that like she wants to get her mission done. But she also still hates it. So it was cool that she wasn't a mindless Benian, Um, That she did have, like, some personality still there. And then the rest of the cast, I mean, yeah, it was just, it was, it was great. Like, even minor characters brought, like, a little bit of that world building. That was fun. It, it didn't have to be a huge commitment from every single character, which was nice. Yeah, I think I mostly agree. Um, I think Sophina would probably have to be my least favorite character only because, like, I feel like her motivations were kind of weak. It's just, like... You know, she's a red wizard and her and her master is a red wizard and he wants to do like, you know, like the, you know, like it's just like that, you know, blue beam in the sky thing or in the case of this movie, like, you know, red tendrils in the sky thing where like the big evil thing wants to do the evil thing. And like, it just there's not a lot behind it. So like um, I, I give a lot of credit to the actress with her mannerisms and some of her isms in general, just like how she'd like like the irritation with her, with with being around Hugh Grant's character I feel like was the actor the actress doing that and not necessarily was written that way uh because like I do think the character just comes off as like you know evil wizard insert here like there's nothing really um special about the character so I think everything that like we like about Sophina is the actress doing it uh, but besides that I feel like her and Simon have like the uh, not Simon her and Doric have like the um the least development in terms of like who they are as people. Like I just know Dork like doesn't like humans at the start. And by the end she does like, there's not enough backstory for me. So like, I couldn't really get into her character. So like, and like, that's when I, like, that's how I consider like, who's my least favorite or not is like, you know, how much do I know about you? And like, do I like your, your character arc or not? And I feel that's like they fair. didn't have any. Yeah. I think that's fair. I mean, you don't really know a lot except for that. Like her parents gave her up. And so she mm. hates humans and like that. She really cares about the wood elves and like their cause. And that she was, like, not interested in Simon because his very being made her sad. Um, um, I was, like, but I wanted to say also, wait, where was Oh, I was just going to say, I love that it's, like, just him as a person. I love how he's, like, oh, no, it's nothing I did. It was just me as a person. I just, that made me laugh out loud. Um, but I wanted to say, I think that, and I've said it like a little bit before about other things, but just watching it and the ending, I think they do a very good job of you knowing that like this movie was plotted out and like, not just like randomly wrapped up. Like the fact that like, it's the time stop and like, you know, Simon countering it that, you know, it's, which is the thing he couldn't do in the beginning that started all of this, that like she saves the day and like Kira, like, you know, they're able to use the fact that she turns invisible. Like they just kind of use all the elements, even the fact that you end up finding out that like, that's the plan the whole time. You've already met Zanx. You've already known that this has happened before. Like they do a very good job of like, you can look back and be like, oh, this is probably where it was going the whole time. But without it being like so heavy handed that you're like not interested. Also something that kind of to change uh, directions a little bit, a scene that we haven't talked about that I really enjoyed where it's when they're bringing, they're talking to the dead barbarians. Oh. And they got the five questions. (laughs) And I guess that is a thing in Dungeons and Dragons, but it's not like five questions. They have like 10 minutes or something. But I just thought that was hilarious because I love when he goes, well, I was never good at math for the guy who died like before he even went to battle because he slipped. And I'm just like, oh, that's me. He's like, no, that was my brother who you're thinking of. Yeah, I, I really love a movie that like establishes like interesting rules and like it doesn't really have anything to do with anything. But like just the fact that like someone was sat down and was like, hey, 
this is a thing in D and D probably. And, and even if it's not like, let's just like add this rule because like it would be kind of OP if you could just bring back the dead and like, and, and like they stay indefinitely. So I love the fact that they like let, let the audience know, like, listen, we, we only get to ask them five questions and then the spell ends like that. That was pretty cool. I love that. I love stuff like that from like a writing perspective. And I love that they touch on it. Like, oh, that seems kind of arbitrary, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't know. Like, it it was fluid enough that, like, you as the audience are like, yeah, that is arbitrary that it's, like, five questions. But some of the rules in the game are, they have to be, you know, it's just part of the game balance. But it's really funny to see that kind of just naturally feeling dialogue where, like, this is kind of weird, but at the same time, we'll acknowledge it. But we don't have to go crazy in depth to try and explain it. Like, I do feel like movies sometimes over-explain that kind of thing. Yeah, or don't don't explain enough, like in Multiverse of Madness, when like everyone was just doing everything. And I'm just like, okay, what are people's powers? What are their power levels? What are their limits? Like people are just doing stuff because people think it looks cool. And like that's that's another reason I I really enjoyed this movie is like um and Holga brings this up a lot because like it's a running joke where like she just says to Simon, well, just magic it away. And he's always like, that's not how magic works. And it's like, I, I love that because like in, in so many movies where there's like a sorcerer or a witch, they can just do whatever the plot needs them to. And he's just like, no, like that's not how magic works. Like there are limits to what I can do, even with the power that I do have. Like I can't do that much anyway. I, I love stuff like that. I know, and I thought it was really funny that like in the scene right before they do this, where like he's trying to tell them like he can't unless he had the helm of dysfunction, like he can't do this or this disjunction. He can't do this. And like how like if he was a great sorcerer, but like magic isn't the answer to everything and all this stuff. And then um they're like, Well, can you bring back the per they're like, we need to ask him questions, can you bring that to bed? And then Dork's like, he just said, like, you can't, you know, magic can't do everything. He's like, Oh, well, actually I can do that. That actually I can do <laughs> I was going to say, I really like that scene, too. And I guess um, the dragon and two of the, like, are they wizards or sorcerers that they bring up? They're actual characters in, um, like, Dungeons and Dragons as well. Like, the names that they use. So you have some cool, like, Easter egg uh, references. So you have, like, Baldur's Gate, uh, mm-hmm. Neverwinter, if you've ever played Neverwinter Nights. The Red Dragon, uh-oh, I'm starting to blank on his name right now. I think it's, like, Therengore, but it's, like, a famous, you know, character. Um, so it was really cool to see those like Easter eggs of like as you're playing or not as you're playing as you're watching the movie, you're like, oh, I've played that or I've seen that or I've heard of that. You know, it was nice to th- like throw that to an audience like as you're going along. Yeah, I now, feel like let's. Oh, oh, sorry. I was going to switch topics. So if you got something, say it now before I switch. No, it's probably it was going to be a different topic as well. So go ahead. Oh, OK. Let's see if we're on the same page. So. Drum row? No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to do drum row. That would drum row. I cannot say drum row. <laughs> Damn it. Anyways, what class? I I sent out a quiz, and I want to know kind of what class everybody got. I got like wizard. I was kind of surprised by this, but then I was like, oh, it's apparently kind of weird people who think weirdly and stuff. And then I was like, damn it. I also took a quiz as well, which character you are in this movie, and I got Simon as well. So I was like, damn it, definitely a wizard. <laughs> Even though Simon is a sorcerer, not a wizard. Um, also, you seem very excited about it when we talked about this off-pod, and now you're just like, well, I got this, and like, I don't really know if it works. And like, when, when, when Alistair said that's what he wanted, you're like, well, that's me. <laughs> um, also, I will say that I was a druid or a ranger, and I really wanted that, but then I thought I my, led myself into it, so I retook the test, um, and I still got it, so I was very excited. So I got a uh, a bard or a rogue, which I'm I'm pretty excited. I wanted to be a barbarian, but I'm still excited about it. I like that. Uh, both of those roles, they're they're cool to get. Yeah, and I got um 
paladin or cleric, which I told you guys um, before we started recording that I wanted to be a wizard or sorcerer or warlock. You know, I'm all about my magic. But I'm like, you know what? Whenever I play um, my MMOs, I'm always a, 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 a healer anyway. So that 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 made sense. I don't trust you maybe as like the paladin. Like if you're the character and think like he was way too powerful. And I, I really... I got to point this out. You've said this before yourself, like power corrupts and you would be corrupted. So I didn't say I would be corrupted. I said, I said, don't trust me with power. That's all I said. Well, that's true. But, but Paladin's one of the most, at least in this, at least the movie shows, one of the most powerful characters. So if we're not supposed to trust you with power, why would we give you the most power? You wouldn't give me anything. I would have earned it. And like, just like, I probably just wouldn't be doing the nicest things all the time. I don't think the paladins earn it. That's just like what you like, like, it kind of seemed like, at least in the movie, like Zank was like, naturally had magic from when he was like a child. Like, that sounds like something he earned. So like, don't sit there and say that this would be like a merit based system that you would win. He had, to, he had to learn to hone his powers and get that good. He wasn't just like that much of a boss. Like he had to work at it. I just want to say like off the podcast you have literally said that you could not be on a jury because you would have become too power hungry with having someone's life in your like hands so i would i, actually, I would like i would i would like the rush of like having someone's life in my hand actually he said he would like to be on a jury because he would like to have someone have someone's life in his hands i would still be a good person i would still make the right choices at the end of the day i'm just saying don't be surprised if i you know get a little personal gain here and there that's all I was going to defend you, Alistair, and say, you know, normally Paladin's power stems from their devotion to, like, the right cause and being good. But then I also had to remember one of the biggest villains in World of Warcraft was a Paladin who went dark. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Was their name Alistair? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, uh, Shady just said the name was actually close, which is pretty funny. Um. But no, I think that that would be, I think, I thought it was cool that we all actually got different things. Because actually when I took it and I got it the second time, I was like, is this really have like a lot of range of different you know, answers? Because some of the questions were like, I don't actually know how this is going to connect. It was like, yeah. what food do you want to eat? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, I, kept choos- I kept choosing the steak and potatoes because like, I couldn't get, she's throwing potato out of my head. So I'm like, I'm going to choose <laughs> potatoes every time. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I wonder if you could have gotten Barbarian because no one did. I wonder if that was like an option. Sure it was, but I guess none of us are as cool as Michelle Rodriguez. Nope. I mean, that's probably true, guys. Let's be honest. I'm definitely a Simon for sure. You did not get him. I did. Stop trying I, to steal my character. I didn't, even, I didn't even take the character quiz. I only took the class quiz. I don't know who I would have gotten. I am going to say, like, out of, outside of the podcast, I feel like you're too confident to be Simon. <laughs> Damn. That's 100% true. He's pretty confident. Confident. You're, also, right, you're also too confident to be Simon. I'd be the Simon of this world. <laughs> Except that I wanted Dor- I wanted Dork's I wanted to be able to change into different animals. I thought that was really cool. Ray is 100% Holga. She is bodying bitches. She is knocking them down, taking them out. That's 100% you. Mm-hmm. I'd rather be the rogue, though. No. You don't like it when people mess with you when you're eating your mess with you with your food, and Holga doesn't either. <laughs> she also likes potatoes. Yeah, it's like you're just talking about Chris Hemsworth would judge you for not eating for eating too many potatoes. Holga wouldn't judge you. She loves a potato. She taking them down. I trust you. Also, that's a very high compliment. He said that was his favorite character. Also, everyone wants to be the rogue until they realize you have to hang out in the shadows, wear dark emo clothing all the time, and just be sketchy and shady all the time. I know being in trees, you got daggers and poisons on you all the time. I'm too clumsy for that. I would fall and kill myself with my own poisons. Alistair, I can't believe you didn't get my uh, Loki reference earlier, 
but that's who it's kind of making me think of. And you know who I like you. my I favorite. Cho- I chose to you ignore it. Chose to ignore it. <laughs> that one's really mean. You know how I feel about Loki. Okay, I'm just saying. He's looking really good in season two. I doubt it. You made a God of Mischief reference earlier. It was not, like, very subtle. <laughs> like, just, if we, if we comment on every Tom Middleston or Loki reference you made, we would be here all day. It would become a Loki stance podcast. I feel like at some point we probably should do an episode. How dare I'm, you? I hate that show. We have to talk about that. So. We should do an episode on it. Especially now that season two's come out. But you'll probably have to watch season two then. Ugh, no. Just season one. All right, we're getting to... The the end of the of the of an hour. Let's say go who I can't speak today. Would you recommend this movie, Alistair? Yes, one hundred percent. It's a really good time. It's a good movie. Um, pop pop your popcorn, get your candy, sit at home. If you got a sixty inch or bigger, put it on there. Gather gather the family around. You're gonna enjoy it. That's good. I figured everyone was good, will say yes, but I you're sometimes kind of a wild card because sometimes you'll be like talking about something like Supernatural, which <laughs> just, which which came out. Um, you're like talking about how great parts were, and you're like, yeah, I actually wouldn't recommend this season. And we were like, what? So it's good to know that you also love. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're all gonna agree. We all enjoyed this movie and probably gonna recommend it. Um, I wish I had a 60 inch TV. I don't. So I'm getting I don't know who does. I'm trying to think of how big my TV is. Actually, I might have to like go measure it to be honest, but. This is like the perfect movie that you're having fun. Personally, I would probably have like a cup of hot chocolate and like some popcorn, throw some like Reese's Pieces on that popcorn. You got it. I would also recommend it. If you ever, if they ever show it again in theaters, like, you know, sometimes movies will do that. Uh, Shady and I saw it in theaters and I do, I agree with Alistair. It was, it was good. It was a good time to see in theaters. So I would recommend it. Um, Also, I'm really hoping they kind of like watching the ending, they kind of make it open-ended like there could be a second one and i'm kind of hoping maybe they do that because that was pretty fun i would not only recommend it i would also say having watched it the second time now today it was really really good on a second watch um just because like now that you know like the plot and stuff there's just all the like small touches that make it even better so i really do like this movie i would recommend putting in your bag of holding that one's for ray's dad He's going to appreciate that. I will say the only thing is that, unfortunately, it did not do as well at the box office. Here's hoping, but I don't know, guys. Yeah, I really think word of mouth um, really helped this movie because, like I said, I didn't go see it in theaters because I was just, like, really jaded about that type of movie that they were making. With, with, like, dealing with that subject, I'm just like, you haven't made a good one in a really long time. <clears throat> Excuse me. Like, I'm not going to waste my money. Um, but I was wrong. Um, and I'm happy about that. So I really do think, um, I think it did really well on streaming. Like it's doing really well now on streaming. So, um, I would love for it to get picked up as like a, a TV show. I would love to see these characters every, every week, um, like an Amazon show or HBO, whoever produced it. That I, I think that's where it, it would, um, thrive the most. I would love it, especially if they could get those actors back but it would yes. be hard so that's why i was thinking a sequel would be probably easier um but also even if they don't i think they wrapped it up well enough that like it could be obviously a standalone film and be fine yeah. okay guys i think it's time that we wrap this up oh sorry i have one more thing it has nothing to do with the movie but our poll ended on the um which uh which brother on supernatural was the hottest um and if you take ray alistair and i's if you take our opinions out of it um it was tied, which I think now looking back on it is probably pretty fair because both brothers are very, very hot. And I've gotten comments that we, we're a little too superficial sometimes on this show. Um, <laughs> but we want to say we both love both actors and we both we all realize they're both aesthetically pleasing and better looking than all of us and most people. But uh, 
Okay. Yeah. Alistair can stop. See, this is the commonest thing why you give me Simon. <laughs> but um, Ray's kind of fuming here because Ray's going to tell you what the polls were if you keep our opinions in. I think we should get to count as people as well because we are people and we have opinions as well. So in that case, J.A. would have won. I don't know why my opinion doesn't matter or why Maddie's it's opinion doesn't poll. matter. What? It's our poll. Our, our, vo- our vote our voices should still be heard. They heard us on the podcast. We, sh- we can't also put in our cast in the poll. I think we can, but that's besides <laughs> the point. They're both great looking dudes. Yes. Yes, they are. One's just better looking than the other. All right. Good night, everybody. <laughs> I just got to say, that's a very wizard reaction to things. Like, just immediately wanted power. But I agree because the poll should be counted that way as a fan. <laughs> also, I will say that for someone that's all high and mighty that we should have counted, you also partook in the poll, Alistair. So I just want to be clear on that. Um, no, I, that wasn't me. Oh, really? Yeah, it was me. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's what I thought. Um, so we, um, but yeah, we actually. At the time of airing, I think our second poll will be done, um, and hopefully we'll do we'll do a third one. So definitely, if you're on Spotify, um, look out. I think our our polls only show up on Spotify. Okay, we're gonna end it for today. Thanks so much, everybody. I'm gonna stay 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 safe and stay strong, even though I know not everybody loves that line, but they can get over it. See, that one sounded very natural and normal. You didn't sound like you were threatening us, so I pr- do that from now on. It wasn't stay safe. <laughs> You know what? Happy I'm not a barbarian. <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you have any ideas for movies, TV shows, or topics we should talk about, email keepitforthepod at gmail.com and please subscribe. Stay original and stay safe.